Welcome to tonight's Midweek Bible Study. I hope you had a great Memorial Day and you had some burgers and the weather was kind to you. <laughs> uh, we want to thank God for a successful camp meeting. We had a great time. Uh, it was a time of refreshing and fellowship amongst us. Uh, I spoke to our presiding bishop on Sunday and gave him the praise report. He was very happy. Uh, he suggested some pointers and directions which we intend to implement. And he also sends his love and his blessings upon all of us as a church. Um, every June in our church calendar is termed the month of stewardship. So to the glory of God, yesterday was our church anniversary. Uh, I'm grateful to God for guiding us through every stage of the church. I am content, but I'm not complacent. Amen. I want to just use the opportunity to say thank you to all the members who have faithfully supported the vision of the church with your time, your presence, your gifts, and even volunteering. Uh, God bless all of you. God will not forget your labor of love. And uh, I pray God's blessings upon your life. Thank you. It touches my heart dearly. I also want to use this opportunity to say thank you to my wife, Pastor Jessica for being the most loyal and faithful adjunct of this ministry. Uh, time and space will not permit me to say all, uh, but thank you, babe. I love you. God richly bless you. Okay, let's get into tonight's teaching. Uh, like I said earlier on, this month is our month of stewardship and a very special month. The church was birthed on June 1st. ICC London Branch in UK was birthed on June 21st. I was appointed as a pastor by the presiding bishop in the month of June. Pastor Jessica and I were ordained reverend ministers by the presiding bishop, uh, assisted by Bishop Sian in the month of June. Uh, ICC worldwide, you know, ICC is just one church in many locations. You know, the, the main parent church is in Ghana. Uh, it was birthed on June 18th, and this year will be the 26th year of ICC as a church. I, I was very fortunate and blessed to be part of the first 18 members of the first service 26 years ago. Uh, no, nobody knew it was going to be like this. I remember 18 members, we were very uncertain and didn't know what to hope for, but we just kept on walking by faith. And when I look back on the journey 26 years later, uh, I see God's faithfulness and grace upon this very great establishment. Amen. And uh, on a personal note, so, so also my mom's birthday. So what a blessing. So June is very loaded. <laughs> Amen. I digress. Now back to the subject at hand. I don't think in all my years of preaching, I have preached on stewardship. So uh, today, I, I, I might have mentioned it in person. I'm very sure. But today, I really want us to have a biblical worldview on this subject tonight. When we talk about stewardship, what is that? Amen. So the word steward appears 16 times in the Bible. Stewards with an S and stewardship, they both appear five times. And I, I use the New King James Version, so that's what I'm, I'm, I'm using. So when I look at all these associated words, steward, stewardship, and stewards with an S, it appears 26 times in the Bible. Amen. So today we're really going to learn something about stewardship. And what is stewardship? According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it's conducting, supervising, or managing of something. 
So whenever you are conducting, if you find yourself in a position of a conductor or a supervisor or a manager, you are a steward. Amen. So now let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. And I read, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. According to our text we read tonight, all of us should consider ourselves servants and stewards. You see, right here in this text, it makes a difference between stewardship and servanthood. Uh, being, being, being a servant is aiding in someone's work or service. Being, being a steward has more to do with being entrusted with something that is not yours. And you are supposed to do it according to the bidding of the master. So it is a very thin line between servanthood and stewardship. Everybody can be a servant, but stewardship has more to do with delegation. You see, when it comes to stewardship, someone has to delegate something to you to do. When it comes to service, all of us can be of service. When it comes to stewardship, ranks and protocols are involved. You all get me? So one has to do with, I've been tasked with a responsibility to do something. That's a steward. When it comes to service, service has more to do with how you approach assignments. Doing it not out of self, but out of the interest for others. Do you all understand? So I think that's really the big difference between servants and stewards. So servants are aids. They assist in God's work, which means that they are not bosses, they are not rulers, they are not chiefs. They are assistants. A service offers assistance. Then it talks about a steward. A steward of the mystery of God. That's one who has been tasked the responsibility. You've been tasked the assignment of God's counsel and you are supposed to share it with other men. So that's what stewards of the mysteries of God mean. When we talk about the mysteries of God, we are talking about the words of the Bible. It's a mystery. When we consider ourselves a steward of the mystery of God, it means God has given to us the word of God and we are to share it according to his will and his purpose. So when you are a steward, you are not independent. Stewardship it's not independent. Stewardship doesn't promote independence. You are dependent on the master who has given you the task and the assignment at hand. Amen. Secondly, what I see from this text is that it's a requirement in stewards that one be found faithful. Um, a steward here, like I said, means a manager or a supervisor or something of that sort. So from these two lessons, this is what I learned from the text. 
we should all see ourselves as servants and stewards. You know, in the kingdom of God, when we are talking about leadership, leadership is not bossing. A leader leads by serving. So all of us should see ourselves as servants. Servant leadership. We lead by serving. We don't, we don't lead by bossing. When, when it comes to leadership in the context of Christianity, in the context of Bible, you lead by serving, not by bossing. Amen. And one, we are also stewards. A, a steward owns nothing. When you're a steward, there is nothing that you have. The Bible says that um, what have you received? What do you have that you did not receive from the Lord? We are all stewards. There is nothing that we had that has not been given to us. Which explains to us that we are stewards. A steward owes nothing. So we should always try and remember that. Today, as you sit here, you are a steward. You are not the boss of your life. The very air that you are breathing, it's because it was given to you. We are, we are stewards. We are not bosses. So we always have to remind ourselves of that. It's a very humbling position to be in. And it's a blessing to count ourselves as stewards. Because when we see it like that, we know who to report to. Amen. Lesson two that I see from this text is that stewardship requires the virtue of faithfulness. And faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, aided by the Holy Spirit in us. I think Pastor Robert did a very good job on that when he touched on the Holy Spirit at our camp meeting. Amen. One, one of the benefits of having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is that he helps you to give birth to the fruit of the Spirit, which is character. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these nine sheets of the fruit of the Spirit. And you see, it's not called fruits with an S. It's just fruits. It's one. Just a fruit. It's a fruit with nine different parts. So normally I explain it like this. If I have an orange and if I slice them into four, can I say four oranges? I can't. I call them four slices of an orange. And if I take one slice of the orange, can I say I have a full orange? I don't have a full orange. The orange becomes full when all the four slices are compact. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is divisible by nine sheets. And it's not complete when all these nine sheets are not fully developed in us. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit just takes time to work in us. And one of the shades of the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. It takes faithfulness to become a steward. Amen. So to bring these truths home, let us learn what our Master and Lord Jesus Christ taught on this subject to his disciples. So please go with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I'm going to be reading from verses 35 to 40. Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 40. And I read, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. 
and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. And when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. And this word watching means rouse from sleep, alert, vigilant. Assuredly, I say to you that he will get himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second or in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. Verse 39. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief will come in, will come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming on at, at an hour you do not expect. Amen. Now this story Jesus talked about was the story of a master who will leave his servants and come back from a wedding to meet them watching. The Bible says that when that happens, he will attend to them and serve them. You see, so right here, the Lord is talking about stewardship. You don't see the word explicitly in the text, but it's implying stewardship. The Bible lets us know that when Jesus comes and when he meets these servants, he calls them blessed. Why? Because they were able to stay awake. They were able to watch until the master came home from the wedding. And, and when the master comes home from the wedding, even at a second or at the third watch of the night, the Bible lets us know that he will attend to them, minister to them, and serve them. Why? Because it was difficult for a thief to break into. That's what, that's what, the, that's what the master notices. That because these servants were awake, and they were watchful, and they were not given in to sleep, it makes it difficult for thieves to break into the house. So because of that, the master calls these servants blessed. Now, Jesus wants his hearers to adopt this attitude of watchfulness. So the whole story that we learned from what Jesus said was an attitude of watchfulness. We should develop an attitude of vigilance like the servants. And Jesus wants us to have this attitude from the story he shared concerning his coming. The Bible lets us know that when we are not watchful, the coming of the Lord will become exactly like a thief in the night. So it's talking about stewardship here. Amen. Now, when you read verse 35 in NIV, it reads, Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Amen. So it's talking to us here about watchfulness and about vigilance. So there are four lessons I want us to take home from this scripture. Amen. A steward is watchful and vigilant, ready for the master's return. So we see that attitude of watchfulness because they expected their master to come. That's stewardship. 
So when when you when we see ourselves as stewards, so now from First Corinthians chapter four, it says it says that we should consider ourselves as stewards and servants, and we should have an attitude of faithfulness because it is required that a steward should be found faithful. One of the attitudes we all have to develop is watchfulness and vigilance, ready for the master's return. And in this, in this vein, we are talking about the coming of Christ. Look, it will take being a steward not to miss the pearly gates of heaven. Be a steward. Be watchful. Be vigilant. Amen. I can also even liken this to if you're a supervisor at work. Because like I said, a steward is anybody who is, an, who is a, a supervisor, a manager, or a conductor. Not an owner but just in any of these fields. When you are in a job, and when you are an owner, a manager, or a supervisor, every now and then you know you expect to hear from your higher apps. You know that. So you try to make sure that things are judicious, things are running in order, things are spick and span, so that it might not even affect your job security, or even your pay packet, right? So you, you have that sense of dutifulness, you have that sense of watchfulness. So it's very important for us to see ourselves as stewards. When we see ourselves as stewards, we'll know that we have a master over us who is Jesus Christ, and he's going to come. And because of that, we will always have an attitude of watchfulness like these servants they were not caught dozing you know they were dressed ready for service they hadn't taken their shoes off and stuff like that they were ready so we have to be ready at all times it's talking about sobriety of mind vigilance of attitude not living carelessly that's how you stay ready for the coming of the Lord the second thing I see here is that a steward is also on guard against thieves that will break in. So, why were these people commended? They were commended not just for staying awake, but for the sole purpose of protection, so that thieves will not break in and steal. So, for me, this also talks to me about hardness. It talks to me about they prevented anything that will compromise service. You see, when, when you are a steward, you, you try to prevent anything that will compromise service. And when, and when you are serving and, and when you are in a, a position of stewardship, you, you have to really learn that. Try as much as possible to prevent anything that will compromise service. And that will affect the principles of what you are doing. It's very important. That's why many people are not good supervisors, good managers. Because they want, I want to be friends with everybody. And if you want to be friends with everybody, you won't do the job well. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be nice. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be friendly. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be courteous. But don't try and put the job at the expense of keeping friends and saving face. You are not a good steward. 
That's why when you have a good steward, a good supervisor, it's a huge blessing. Amen. Because sometimes that might be the cost. I remember one time I was asked a question at work. And I remember we, we had this argument like, like forever for the rest of, you know, the, the one person asked me, so, um, yeah, my friend. I said, yeah. So if I did something that was like against, and he mentioned a particular thing, which I, I won't even bother mention. And if so-so-and-so comes, are you going to stand up for me? I said, no. I said, the reason why I'm not going to stand up for you is you didn't even respect me in the first place. So one, I will not stand up for you. And number two, we will not even become friends again. It's because you put me in such a very difficult position that you didn't even consider my job. And you also didn't consider what was at risk. That could come even between the friendship. You didn't consider all these things. And then number two, if I also should favor you just because we are friends or we are boys, what about the other person I also don't know? So now let's say the other person I don't know if I'm going to grasp him out and you who I know I have a very good relationship with, I'm going to keep you. I have created a very toxic work environment. I've, pro- I've now promoted partisan politics, which is also not good. And in, a, and in a place where there is partisan politics, bribery, corruption and everything, I've created a very bad work environment. So I said, you, you've put me in a very difficult situation because you didn't even consider, one, the job. Number two, you also didn't consider friendship. Because truly, if I'm really, really your friend, you will say that I'm not going to make this hard for him. And I remember we, we had an argument back and forth about At a point, I said, you know what? Let's just stop. Let's just stop. My mind is made up. I won't change my mind. That's, that's it. And then we just ended the argument. But, but that's the reality. If you really want to be a good supervisor, good manager, good steward of some, because you are not the boss. Always remember that a steward is not the boss. Don't act like the boss. You are a steward, so expect accountability. Expect it. And if you should expect accountability from your bosses and from your higher apps, you have to do the job in such a way that you will not compromise anything. That includes you will not allow thieves to break in. So there's got to be some hardness about it to prevent that from happening. Amen. So stewardship is very rare to get, but thank God when you have a good steward. And tonight as we are learning this, the Lord wants us to learn the principles of stewardship so that we all can be good stewards. Don't break ranks. Don't compromise service. Don't compromise the principles because the job is not yours. Amen. Number three, a steward expects accountability from his master. So these guys, in as much as they were awake for the sole purpose of not allowing thieves to break in, they were also expecting accountability. they held themselves accountable because they knew the master was going to come. And we should expect that. 
it's one of the reasons why this church in particular, we always have the first Sunday of June church in review. It's, it's because of that. Because as a church, we are accountable to one, God. We are accountable to God. Two, we are accountable to the members. Number three, we are accountable to the presiding bishop, who is the overall boss of the church, or the senior pastor, if I should say so. So with this in mind, you will become responsible. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you believe one day you will render an account of how you lived your life? what you did with your talents, gifts, what you did with your time before God? Do you believe that? If you believe that, then you will walk in such a way worthy on the day of accountability. Amen. So may we be stewards. And the fourth thing that I learned from this is that a steward is not only faithful to God, he's also faithful and accountable to his fellow man. Excuse me. So when you call yourself a steward, it's not just about God. You are also faithful to man. And, and today, faithfulness is one of the things that really lacks. And I'm telling you, you can't teach, you can't teach faithfulness. The corporate word for faithfulness is loyalty. The Bible word for loyalty is faithful. You don't see loyalty in the Bible. The Bible is faithful. You know, but you can't teach it. You can do many series, write books. Look, if people are not filled with the Holy Spirit to help them to give birth to the fruit of the spirits in which one of the shades is faithfulness, that no, you can't teach it. You can't teach it. And and sometimes people are genuinely unfaithful because the fruit of faithfulness. It's probably not ripe, not developed, or it hasn't been given birth to. And that's a problem. Today, faith, today, faith, today, lack of faithfulness. People are not even faithful in their marriage. You know, people are not faithful in their marriage. It will show in everything. Not faithful in their job. Not faithful towards another man. It will even show in how they even approach the things of God, church, and everything. Faithfulness is a long way to go. So I pray that may we be called stewards. Because one hallmark of a steward is that he or she is faithful. Amen. Now, after Jesus had narrated the story about these guys, they were able to stay. And when the master came, he will attend to them, blah, blah, blah. Peter asked a question. He said, Lord, did you speak this parable only to us or to all people? Is this an exclusive parable? Is it just for us? Or you are speaking it to other people? So let's read the subsequent verses to see why did Jesus give this parable on stewardship? Who is this for? Is it just for the disciples? Or is this an inclusive thing that includes all of us who call ourselves Christians? Amen. So let's read from verses 42 to 48 for that. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. 
Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. 45. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him into two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. Amen. In this story, we see Jesus contrasting a faithful and an unfaithful steward. Some lessons we can learn from this story before we will get to Peter's resp- um, Jesus' response to Peter. 1. Faithfulness and wisdom is demanded of stewardship. He says in verse 42. Who is a wise and a faithful steward? So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we realize that faithfulness is required to become a steward. Now, in Jesus' narration of who a steward was, he included wisdom. So, it takes faithfulness and wisdom to be a good steward. So, if you want to be a good steward from today, the Bible says all of us should count ourselves as stewards and servants we should consider ourselves pray for wisdom and pray that the fruit of the fruit of the spirit will be manifested in your life and the fruit of the spirit is manifested in your life one part of the fruit of the spirit is faithfulness is demanded faithfulness and wisdom you need a, you need wisdom to become a good steward verse 42 to 44 Stewardship gets you promoted to a high honor. You see, the man was a steward, but he ended up becoming a ruler. Stewardship is one of the surest ways to be promoted. Be encouraged that your years of stewardship will never be in vain. It will get you promoted. I, when, I, when, when I learned about this, I was very excited. I was encouraged, just, Lord, I just want to be a steward because a steward will make you a ruler over much. If you want to be a ruler, don't set out to be a ruler. If you want to be a ruler, set out to be a steward. Being a steward is the pathway to being a ruler. The Bible lets us know that when you become a steward, And when you do it well, you will be promoted. You will be promoted to a place of high honor. Amen. Sometimes I wish most ministers will know this. When most ministers know this, you you know, you won't say, I'm going to start my church and all that stuff. You know, because sometimes you people want to start their church because of relevance and significance. But if God has really called you to be a steward, look, it doesn't matter. God is still going to honor you and God is going to lift you up. So that feeling of, I want to be significant, I want to be worthy, you need to just die away. Just serve. Just, just, just serve. 
There, there is a blessing in being number two, if God has commanded you to be that. There is a blessing in being number three, if God has sanctioned you to be that. Just don't break out of what God hasn't called you to be. I, I, I don't lose anything if I'm a branch pastor. I don't lose anything if I'm an assistant pastor. But it is more dangerous to say I'm going to be a presiding bishop, I'm going to be a general overseer when God's hand is not even in it. And the Bible says that they that build a house, and when the Lord is not in it, they build it in vain. Do, do I want to build a house of cars which will be in vain? Or do I actually want to stay in the position where God has really called me to stay in and be blessed? Stewardship brings you honor. Stewardship brings you promotion. Never forget that. So many people sometimes just want to jump the boat and, you know, I want to be a big man and everything. And it's okay to want to be a big man. But I'm telling you, if you really want to be a big man, a big woman, be a steward. Because the Bible lets us know that one who embraces the principle of stewardship becomes promoted. In this case, this guy who was a steward, who was entrusted with goods or entrusted with a service, ended up becoming a ruler. There is no way possible that you are going to be a steward according to God's own heart that he will not promote you. Amen. Verse 45, third lesson. A stewardship is different from being a master and an owner. When you are a steward, you are not a master. Remember that. When you are a steward, you are not an owner. There is a huge difference between a steward and an owner. You are not an owner. So when you are a manager, you are not the owner of the business. Try and remember that. Therefore, you remember that you don't take certain liberties. Your job is to manage people. You can't fire people. <laughs> Managers don't fire. In corporate America, I don't, I don't see any manager firing. A director, yeah, he can fire. And the owner of the business can fire. I mean, a manager, you just... So don't extend your powers. Draw your lines, you know, just work within the metron, work within your lines. Know who you are. Know what you are called to do and know what you are not called to do. In this story, realize that the, the steward, when he realizes that the master was delaying and coming, he decided to beat the, the servants and he decided to drink. See, that is something that a master will do because he is the master. He can, he can do that if he wants to. There are some wicked masters, if they want to do that, they will, but you are not a master. You have to know the difference. If you're a branch pastor, just be a branch pastor. Don't be a senior pastor. If you are, if you, you know, if you are an associate, just be an associate. That, that's it. That, know, know, know your rank. Know, know where God has called you to be. When, when a good steward knows the parameters of his calling, you are able to govern yourself within. See, so that the bad steward was bad because he took on the role of a master. He was chiding the servants and he was drinking the master's wine. Forgetting that the master will come. And sometimes there are certain jobs, people go there, they don't last long, they are fired because when they promoted you to a supervisor, you are behaving like the boss. You take the company phone, make calls anyhow, you know, just go on the internet, do all sorts of things. But you forgot you are just a supervisor. 
you are not a director <laughs> or you are not the owner of the company and then you just get fired you know so always remember your place a steward is different from being a master or an owner you are not an owner you're a steward remember that and if you want to be an owner continue being a steward and god will promote you into the ascent of an owner amen the fourth lesson we learned here is that bad stewardship will be rewarded verses 45 to 47 you see the bible says though that the guy who thought the master was not going to come chided the servants was wicked towards them he was drunk and then the master came cut him into two apportioned him among the unbelievers he had his reward. Bad stewardship will be rewarded. Let me tell you, it, it, either you become a good steward or a bad steward, you will be rewarded. There is reward at the end. So I will prefer to become a good steward because I don't want to be at the, at the wrong end of the stick when it comes to bad stewardship. You will be rewarded. And then there is something I find interesting here. Number five, fifth lesson I learned here, verse 48 Ignorance doesn't excuse bad stewardship. Jesus said the story here. He said, even if you don't know, and if you do things that are committed worthy of stripes, you will still be beaten with a few. You see, so the guy who got beaten with many stripes, it was because he knew. But I was like, the master is delaying here, it's not coming, so let me just chill. But if you also find yourself to be a steward and you didn't know, but you are worthy of stripes, you will be beaten with save a few. So ignorance doesn't even excuse bad stewardship. So one day at the day of reckoning, I don't know whether we can say, Lord, I didn't know. I don't know whether it would be a good excuse. Or even in today, if you are working and if you are a supervisor, you are supposed to know everything. I don't know whether you can tell your higher apps. I, I, I didn't know. I don't know how many of them it will fall out of them. That will even make them more angry. Like, why did I even appoint you? That will even make them more angry. Amen. So ignorance doesn't excuse bad stewardship. Now, let's pay particular attention to Jesus' response to Peter in the latter part of verse 48. For everyone, everyone, to whom much is given, from him much will be acquired. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. This parable is for all of us. So thank God for Peter's question. Thank God. Because maybe if this question was not in, I would have read it and said, it's for their time. Is for their time. But, but thank God Peter asked this question. Is this parable for us or is for all? Jesus said, everyone. Everyone. So what Jesus is telling us in verse 48 is that everyone is a steward and has been given something. Friend, listen to me tonight. You have been given something. Your talents, natural abilities, gifts, and so on. You have something. Please find out because it will be required of you one day. So you might say, oh, I don't know. Find out. Find out. What have you been given by God? 
gifts, natural ability, talent, or even time, even the use of time. Find out because it will be required of you one day. Let us remember we will all give accounts of our stewardship one day. And may the Lord find all of us faithful. I pray so. May he find us faithful. And when he find us faithful, may he promote us to a place of honor. Amen. I'm done for tonight. Contributions and questions. I can't believe this is my first time I've preached on stewardship. I'm like, wow, I've never preached on stewardship before. I'm surprised. First time. Do you understand? I don't see any emojis today. No thumbs up. Okay, I saw only one. Okay. Alright, so all those who have given me a thumbs up, what do you understand? Okay, so um, when you when you started um, and you were reading the uh, the par I mean, I read that parable before, um, and I've you know when you're when you're waiting for a long time for something. Um, you tend to slack off. It's a, I hate to use that word, but it's very human. Very human. Um, even job, you know, common job, your job. Um, if your supervisor hasn't passed by in months, like uh, let's say he used to pass by every week or he passes by at least once a month, but he stopped passing by, you know, because then you tend to be on your toes, right? But now he hasn't passed by in eight, nine months. It's very easy to slack off. So when I take that, and that's just an earthly, um, being an earthly good steward, and we should do that part. We definitely need that. But then when it comes to our Christianity, and it comes to waiting for Christ to come, because that's the bigger picture. Uh, spiritual stewards as well, right? Um, how do we stay on our toes? I think that's the question I have, Kenny. How do we stay on our toes? I mean, I so watchfulness, right? But you, you get, like, it's just a human thing. So how do we keep from that, maybe is a better word. Yeah, that's where the virtue of faithfulness comes in. What's the meaning of faithfulness? Doing what you were last commanded to do. That's it. So if the command hasn't changed, that is what you will do. So this is where faithfulness comes in. This is where faithfulness comes in. That's, that's the only way we'll be able to keep on keeping on. Is when it comes to stewardship, it's about keep on keeping on. And for you to keep on keeping on, it will demand the element of faithfulness here. 
Amen. And what would you say of accountability? Um, what what about accountability? Uh, do you think that it would help in our Christian walk to have people who we are accountable to? Yes, we, we can do that. We can. We can. De dependent. You know. I think that accountability is knowing that you will be accountable to God. I think that should even be good enough for you. That should even serve as motivation for you. But it will also not um, do any harm if you want certain people you want to be accountable to. Like, I'll use my life as an example. I believe I am accountable to God. One. Number two, I am accountable to the presiding bishop. And I am accountable to my wife. That's, that's it. But I could have said just God, and that's enough for me. But I also think that I need humans in place. So, you know, when I'm going wrong, at least they'll be able to say one or two things. And I also have friends I'm accountable to. I have a WhatsApp group, you know, made up of just my friends, very, very close friends. I'm accountable to them and they are accountable to me. It's a relationship of accountability. You know, we cross-check our doctrines or a man of like a whole lot. We do a whole lot. So that that is also there. But even if you don't have the human checks and if you just believe that God, that is also good enough. But have a sense of accountability. Whether you will trust somebody in charge, you know, whatever. I think that one is really up to you. Amen. But for me, having these people in my life keeps me safe and sound. Amen. So that's just me. Amen. That's it. That's all I have. All right. We have 10 minutes on the clock, so... So what, what have we learned today? Two, two people can just contribute and then we'll close up for today. Just two people. Any one of you can just talk. to somebody higher than you so don't behave like you are the boss okay that's nice and you are still what you are accountable to somebody don't behave like the boss It's important. Don't behave like the boss. <laughs> Don't behave like the boss. I just remember some stories, but I'll keep it. It's okay. <laughs> I'll keep it. All right, who else? Don't behave like the boss. Don't behave like the boss. Scott, 
I learned that um, we are all stewards. Mm. There's no excuse for not knowing mm. that you are steward of um, the things that God has um, given to you. And that mm. we are also going to um, give an account for whatever God has given um, to us. Again, um, there's a difference between a steward and a servant. We are not the same. Amen. What's the difference? So, <coughs> sorry. so a steward, um, a steward is taking care of um, something that has been assigned to. to, to I'm trying to paraphrase how I understand it. But then, um, a servant, like a servant, has a master that they, they are reporting to, or. Um, I don't know if I'm putting it right. Maybe shaking your head. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yes, I had. Oh, that point was wrong. But see, you said a steward is seven. I'm sorry, a steward is different from a servant. Yes. Right. Yes. In the beginning. Yes. Steward has something that has been assigned to to them, and um, no. It's, most like I'm saying the same thing. Sorry, uh, I think I, I forgot to. Okay, uh, let, let Lily help you out because it looks like she knows. <laughs> I wasn't there in the beginning. All I know is. Then you go. So why are you shaking your head? Because <laughs> I still, she has, she has made me um, forget what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Because shaking her head when I started saying it. Okay. Wrong too. Uh, a servant has to do with how you approach your assignments. The, the Bible says that we should look out for the interest of others and not of ourselves. That's a servant. You've come to serve. A steward, on the other hand, is someone who has a task being delegated to him by a superior. So I think that's the difference. Is it understood? Can we all see the difference? Yes, thank you. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Felicia, I saw you unmuted yourself. You can't talk. I answered yes to your question. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All what I meant uh, um, is that I should not lose my focus. I should not lose my focus, and I should always. Stay, um, <laughs> if I say Felicia, I will come back to you, okay? I see Pastor Robert raise his hand so you can ask your question. Um, so Lily has a question. Okay. As I was asking, um, based on your definition of um, servant 
and steward. It's a servant, a steward, and a steward also a servant. But I'm not really getting the difference between the two. Can okay. you say one is a subset of the other or? Yes. Okay. Yes. So which which one which which one is the success of the other? Or is it that a steward is a servant and a servant is also a steward? Um now, now now that you've brought the subset thing in, I think um a servant is a subset of a steward. Okay. Because it's about stewardship here. That's why when Jesus was even talking about the story first, he talked about servants, but he was referring to steward. And then when he went uh, a, a few verses later, he he, he um, replaced it with a steward. So I think that that is that is the case here. I think so. Yeah, good one. But but we are both yes. Yes. We are both. We are yes. servants of Christ. Yes. And then stewards to yeah. the mysteries of God. Yeah. And the reason why I use stewards to the mysteries of God here is when talking about the mysteries of God, it's talking about the revelation, the counsel of God you have received. You are a steward. God has given you the knowledge of God's word. And when you've been given the knowledge of God's word, your job is to share it with other people. Amen. I froze. Can you all hear me? I froze. Can you all hear me? Okay. Now we can. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Felicia, if you're ready, you can continue your contribution. Or we'll just close. Amen. Please. We can close. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, as and as as enjoying what you are oh. saying. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're done for today. Today we've learned about stewardship. We pray that we will all consider ourselves, like Apostle Paul said, a servant and a steward of the mystery of Christ. And the Bible lets us know that it is required in a steward that one be found faithful so we have to pray that the fruit of faithfulness will be birthed in us because it will only take that for us to be truly loyal people for christ loyal husband loyal employee loyal pastor it's going to take the fruit of the spirit faithfulness for that matter is what we will need for that to happen and always remember that a day of accountability draw near, give an account of whatever we've been given our possession, money, time, gifts, talents, we'll give, we'll give an account. And if we are able to have this at the forefront of our minds, it helps us to live in a certain way. Father, we thank you for tonight as we've heard your word. Bless your holy name. We pray that may we be faithful stewards in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, some announcements. Um, this weekend is back. Uh, on Saturday, June 5th, we have um, two programs, one in the morning, one in the evening. It normally doesn't happen like that, but it has to happen for this case. We'll have our monthly prayer meeting from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Saturday morning 
on this very same platform. And then in the evening from 7 p.m. to 8.15, we'll have our Work of Ministry seminar. And the title for this one will be on growth. June 6th, on the Sunday, we'll have our Church in Review program um, that we do every first Sunday of June. Amen. And please prepare for Pastor Robert to as he teaches on the next three Wednesdays on financial stewardship. I really look forward to hearing that one. Because when we are talking about stewardship, it's very broad, right? So one of the areas where we have to be very good stewards is when it comes to finances. And, and I, I know he's the best person uh, God has appointed to, to teach this particular subject. So we have the flyer. So please circulate it on your social media handles. And let's get ready. You know, 9th, 16th, 23rd with Pastor Robert. And then on the 30th, I'll close it out with a message on stewardship again. And this time I'm going to look at in the use of our time. So I'm, I'm, I'm also looking forward to that. And then July we'll resume our series, the book of Romans again. Amen. So that's it for now. God bless you. Thank you all for attending. And see you on Saturday. Um, Felicia, please wait behind. And Pastor Robert, wait behind. God bless you guys. Good night. God bless you. Ma, nice to see you.